It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Welcome to the COB for this Thursday, the 5th of November. I'm Nadine Blaney. It's good to be here with you on what was a pretty stellar session for the local market in the wake of all, I shouldn't say Scuddy, in the wake as we continue to digest what is still a very uncertain U.S. election outcome. Uncertain, but it's looking increasingly obvious who the winner is going to be without uh, any legal uh, interference, of course, but uh, we'll find out what's going on. Certainly this one we uh, talked this time yesterday, there was uh, really no clarity. It looked like Donald Trump was going to be uh, no return to office as president. But uh, the way things stand at the moment, based on the other count, it looks like that's flipped now to Joe Biden. Uh, the makeup of Congress, in particular the Senate, still looks very, very undecided. Uh, unlikely to go and get a blue wave. But uh, the markets love this gridlock, apparently. Yeah, well, it's interesting that you say obvious who won. Yes, it's obvious who won. I mean, look at the amount of people that came out to vote in the U.S. Incredible. Uh, The popular vote clearly going to Biden. But the big question is, will Donald Trump be successful in his, well, in his um, calls to have the counting stopped, in his potential legal challenges to the vote and the count? And as we were just discussing with Elliot Brennan from the USSC, whilst it's been quite calm in the U.S., in terms of social unrest until now, there is a growing concern about the amount of protests and riots that are ongoing outside some of these places that are still counting votes. So um, I love a bit of optimism. You know that. But um, yeah, I just think that it is still a very uncertain time. However, to your point, the likelihood of gridlock between Congress and Senate uh, is what we're being told, positive for markets because it keeps the extreme left at bay. It keeps the extreme right in terms of taxation, regulation, uh, a little bit at bay too. So, so yeah, if, if one party doesn't have carte blanche to do what they want, um, positive for equities. It is. And the reason why I'm not prepared to go and say that's going to be Joe Biden is going to win the presidency is because it's 2020 and everything has to have an asterisk after it. We know this. <laughs> expect the unexpected this year, but uh, it certainly looks like that way uh, at the moment. But as I said, 24 hours ago, it looked the exact opposite outcome. Yeah. So that's how quickly things can change. Interesting. Um, yeah. Hashtag 2020. So wouldn't it just be a mess if uh, this dragged on for months and months and if um, the popular vote and even what turns out to be the electoral college vote looks to be ignored let's let's not let's not wallow in that though shall we uh, let's talk about what we're still keenly awaiting for because there's another man in the picture isn't it? It's uh, Jay Powell. It's the FOMC chair. Yes, the white knight for markets. He's going to ride in on the horse this evening. And does any uh, no concern about no? political unease and everything else we know that uh, Uncle Jay will go and uh, get that uh, virtual printing press fired up real quick smart so uh, the, the Fed isn't likely to go and do anything um, financial conditions look pretty uh, pretty calm at the moment exactly what the Fed will be looking for to go help foster a recovery 
uh, particularly in an environment where we've got coronavirus ravaging uh, throughout the United States. Record numbers uh, being reported there yesterday. Uh, but it's uh, the market has this backstop. Uh, central banks uh, have this ability to go and get markets to be convinced that no matter what the scenario, uh, they have their back. And until that changes, we're going to see every dip bought for the time being. Yeah, but uh, we'll likely hear from the FOMC more discussion about the challenges that the U.S. economy still faces, about the need for fiscal stimulus, which of course is on hold for now. Uh, and will be difficult to see a massive package getting through if we do have that split between the Congress and the Senate. Uh, so we will likely potentially see changes to QE and associated guidance being discussed, but we're not likely to see any sort of significant move coming out of this meeting. Not this meeting, but uh, press that button. Can you hear it? Can you in your bones? You can can smell it. Well, especially when you've got 100,000 new COVID cases in a day. That is depressing. Yes. Uh, And I saw that uh, the death toll that was uh, on one of the other reports that I saw come through in the wires today, uh, looking around about uh, uh, 1,200, which is uh, is getting right back up there again. Obviously, when you look at the, 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 the greater scheme of things, uh, there's, there's probably you no know, tens of thousands of deaths every day, but you don't want to go and see the hospital system going to run over because that's going to go and leave so many vulnerable people uh, in a situation where we don't want to go and consider. But that's, uh, and it delays the reopening of the economy and it puts people out of work because even if there are no official lockdowns, which is how the states seems to be going, where you know they're not going for big lockdowns to restrict movements, uh, there's also the psychology of people being scared to be going out, being scared to be in restaurants, in big crowds and everything else. It does put a dampener on an economy where 70% of it is uh, directly tied to consumer spending and consumer confidence. Absolutely. And we saw the, uh, the, the giant tech stocks rally last night. It wasn't just because of the, uh, the, the likely uh, makeup of Congress and who will be leading the United States, but uh, that stay-at-home thematic is going to be strong. Uh, you can just sense that uh, there's going to be no near-term success when it comes to uh, you know, getting a, a vaccine rolled out uh, readily uh, or any you know, really effective treatments that are proven at this point. So you can just see that um, nature will go and take its course. It's getting cold there. You can see all the other uh, TV reports that we've seen in recent days. People are standing around rugged up. It's only going to get colder. Um, seems like an environment where there's not going to be much activity. Yeah. In the north of the country, don't forget, lots of the states remains quite warm in winter. But anyways, putting that aside... We're not uh, we talking had... about Miami Day. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, we are talking about um, yeah, what's going to happen when it comes to that reinflation trade that uh, we continue to, to, um, yeah, to discuss. We thought that that was sort of a, a sure thing with the blue wave that was supposed to eventuate, uh, return to cyclicals, return to value. It uh, looks as if that's been kicked down the can, you know, kicked down the street for now. But look, we spoke with the PM for the Forger International Shares Fund, Harvey Migotti, and he was saying, look, if you know where to look, if you still stick to the basics, stick to your knitting when it comes to value investing, um, potentially out of the cyclicals, that there is still plenty of opportunity. And the U.S. election actually proved their thesis when it came to Uber, which was an interesting one. Yeah, so uh, no, basically contractors now, it's uh, it's all fine and dandy, ready to go. And uh, 
That certainly went helped uh, both Uber and Lyft share price. No double-digit percentage gains yesterday. Uh, so uh, big, big uh, movers and what was a very, very hot tech space overnight. Yeah, if you'd like to listen to that interview with Harvey, you can access it via the show notes. There's also an interview there with um, the portfolio manager at Prime Value Asset Management, Richard Ivers. He says that greater economic certainty will see value stocks shine again. So again, that value discussion um Still, still red hot. And I think it really comes down to, doesn't it, just a, a stock picking? It's it's stock picking. I think so. It's uh, to go camp large and just go and, and treat all the cyclical and, uh, and value stocks with the same uh, same breath is, is probably not the smartest idea at the moment. Uh, I, I want to see value come back because it means that uh, the economic conditions uh, are likely to go and improve. Cyclicals uh, will go and rebound, obviously. Uh, but we really need to go and get an effective treatment at the absolute bare minimum for coronavirus uh, a vaccine will be very handy but uh until that happens where anything is just going to be uh this uh rotation briefly uh out of tech into value will be just that it won't be an ongoing process okay so we saw healthcare names do pretty well here re- repeating i suppose the performance in the u.s through the overnight period resmed hit an all-time high today um Interesting to note that we spoke with the CEO of Cardi X. It's in the med tech space in the U.S. We spoke with the CEO, Craig Cooper, and he was saying that a Biden presidency brings certainty. We talk about it all the time. Certainty is what business leaders need and want to make good decisions. But he says that um, particularly in the Medicare and Medicaid and med tech space, a Biden presidency will likely be more positive for that sector. If you'd like to listen to that interview, you can do so via the show notes as well. The, the shares of that U.S.-based company that's listed in Australia were up by 2, 2.2% today. Scotty, the stock of the day, speaking of, well, maybe value, cyclicals, the finance uh, part nice of the segue. market. Yeah, National Australia Bank, NAB. Yes. Out with its um, full year result today. Market liked it. Shares ending up by about 3% today. Yeah, it's, uh, look, I'm not going to go into the mechanics. Uh, a lot of people listening to this podcast would have a much better idea. But uh, certainly the provisioning side of things really stood out to me. Uh, seems to be a lot uh, lot more pessimistic on the outlook. I'm not sure whether that's because it's got a concentration in the, uh, the business sector in particular. Also has a, quite a large exposure to Victoria, which has obviously been in lockdown uh, for a lot longer parts of the country. But uh, as you said, shareholders loved it uh, up uh, no, over three percent, I think. Yeah, yeah. We hear from Macquarie, but now that kind of wraps up those big banks that we're hearing from. We sat down with two expert guests today. Kashi did, I should say, to get their view on NAB. Let's begin by hearing what Tim Haslam had to say about that one. He is from Catapult Wealth. You got COVID rolling off, Melbourne reopening. The, the federal budget was very household friendly. All those things are good um, in terms of um, the bad loans. Uh, and in terms of the one-off, these remediation costs, that stuff will eventually roll off. So when the economy starts booting up and things get bad, better on, we think that we're going to have a, a one-off kicker re-rate back up. Um, we certainly think they are cheap from a long term. Um, and then probably it's just a pure value dividend play. For us, it's a buy. Um, just like all the banks, uh, it is a long-term wait-and-see approach. We're yet to see... The, the real effect of coronavirus on the economy. We're, we've got this sort of uh, stimulated economy at the moment. We, yeah. we don't know what happens when the, the rug gets pulled completely. So I think there's still a lot of question marks about the whole banking sector. But certainly it, it's heading in the right direction with Victoria opening up. 
things are heading in the right direction. But it, it's it's popping up on a few of our scans at the moment as, as potentially may have turned the corner. Mm. But uh, we'd like to see a bit more confirmation of that. Okay, and that was Henry Jennings from Marcus Today finishing those thoughts on the Big Bank NAB. So it is not, I repeat, not going in the portfolio. But we do have a bid offer spread there. Just quick. <laughs> Okay, so we have sort of alluded to some of the big risk events that are on the horizon tonight. We've got actually two big central banks. We've got the BOE. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what the BOE says in relation to you know further lockdowns that are happening there. Cannot be good for the economy. Negative and also, rates. yeah, Brexit. Yeah, negative interest rates. You think tonight? Uh, that's where the bank is clearly moving towards too. So uh, we'll see what uh, what comes out of this meeting. Unlikely to occur, but uh, I know. The mark, it's been priming the market for a while, as has the Reserve Bank in New Zealand. So we'll see. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we already mentioned the FOMC. In terms of our central bank, we will be getting the statement on monetary policy tomorrow, Scotty. Of course, it comes after Tuesday when we saw QE unleashed, when we saw the central bank communicating in what you thought was a better than expected manner and uh, the interest rate cut, all that came on Tuesday. I mean, what kind of color? Could we expect from the Reserve Bank Board in terms of their economic forecasting going forward? Uh, my honest take, having uh, looked at many SOMPs uh, over my time, is that uh, I don't think there's going to be too much of a reaction. Uh, of course, you get an expanded policy statement uh, as part of the document, and we'll also get updated forecasts, but we know the forecasts are going to be better than what they were three months ago. And... Uh, Thankfully, the reason we know that is because the communication has improved. So long may it continue and long may the uh, post-meeting press conferences continue as well because that helps to go and provide clarity and it's exactly what we need. I went and tweeted out something uh, after the meeting on Tuesday that uh, in a world of so much uncertainty, clarity when it comes to uh, uh, what's likely going to take place in, uh, in policy settings is an absolute must. The era of central bank speak trying to go and you know, give... Indecipher. Yeah, yeah, no, like... Sorry, even back in the day, that was utterly ridiculous. Like it, you want to have you want to have certainty. Uh, this whole thing, I'm not sure where it came about, but uh, hopefully, you know, this era where we've got up against it economically wise, we need to go and all work together. Hopefully, that era of you no know, playing games with markets is over and done with. Yeah, well, certainty. There's that word again. Love the certainty. Hey, I don't know if you listening also subscribe to the COB newsletter, but it's worthwhile. Um, well, for, for many reasons, Scotty's view is but one. We also do stock of the day and tweet of the day there. Tweet of the day is pretty funny today. I can't tell you about it because it's a picture. So I'd like to let you in on a bit of behind the scenes BTS that was going on in the Osbiz newsroom today. Scotty had a little poll going. It was, what is this, kebab gate? Yes, yeah, so uh, Michael, one of the uh, members of our staff, uh, he went and got a kebab uh, from one of the places downstairs and he went and asked for a donut kebab or a beef kebab uh, for those uh, for the uninitiated. <laughs> uh, and he came up to the office and uh, opened it up and it was a falafel kebab. Uh, controversial. And uh, look, I, I said to him straight away, you've got to go take it back, mate. It's, uh, no, <laughs> go and... Uh, Unacceptable. I said, yeah, go and I said, have a couple of bites and everything else and then I'll go take it back. <laughs> uh, no, so you get like a bit of extra kebab uh, for <laughs> the same... So for much. The, 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 for the same price, and uh, he refused. So I went and put out the, uh, no, turned out to the Twittersphere. And, who, ne and ne one? nearly three hundred votes later, <laughs> there was there was a clear decisive winner, which cannot go to the Supreme Court. And I'm pleased to say that it was eat a little bit and then take it back. So <laughs> everyone was on the same book as me. You no, know, have your cake and eat it too. Oh my gosh, I want to recount. Next That's next uh... time, Mike was going to have to listen to me. <laughs>
<laughs> Anyways, that's just a little bit of silliness. After what's been a really big week, I think we're all sort of limping to the close uh, tonight. Thanks for joining us for the COB, which is the close of business. Um, we've got a great lineup of guests for you tomorrow. Again, starts with Richard Kelly, first time on the program. He's Global Head of Strategy at TD Securities, so taking us through overnight his view on the election. We've got another U.S. election panels at 9.30 a.m. So this is a revisit. This is a rewind, I suppose, to two guests we had on pre-election, told us some of the sectors and stocks that they were picking ahead of it. Now we're going to revisit that and see if their thinking has changed. So if you'd like stock picks, join us at 9.30 a.m. It goes on. We've got a statement of monetary policy, a SOMP panel at 11.30 to make sense for us. And we've got uh, June Bailu from Trebekah and Adam Dawes from Sean Partners on the call. So that'll be a good one. And it all concludes with the last call at 4 p.m. Looking ahead to that... Uh, Wine time. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well. But uh, I've noticed you've been saying we. Uh, everyone out there, Nadine's actually going to be allowed to go and take a little bit of time <laughs> off. So uh, just a week. But uh, no, she's not going to be around. But uh, I want to go, before you total off, have a great break. You deserve it. Thanks, Scotty. Really appreciate it. Um, you have a good night. I'll see you in a, just over a week. Sounds good. Hi. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., 